The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So this is <clears throat> this is an oh we're not on. This is an opportunity for um, questions about the practice or observations about what you're noticing. Um, questions, of, yeah. So we'll use the mics for this. In your instruction, <clears throat> you mentioned that in our meditation we uh, often, uh, what we can notice is uh, the arising of desires and wanting or aversion. And in that, you gave it, I think, somewhat of a, a negative um, tone or um, result that, that when, this, when these um, desires or wishes or desires for certain outcomes or result arise, then we can notice them. Uh, however, I, uh, I got the feeling that there was a certain amount of undesirability to that, to, to having the, those things arise. Um, and um, what occurs to me is that when those th- things become strong, they become great motivations for achievement and People who have strong desires for to achieve certain outcomes and results um, usually, if they persist, attain um, can attain those achievements and accomplishments, and uh, much of that lies behind much of of what we what we have um, gained through so many millennia. So I, I was wondering why why. Um, if if I'm correct, then why is that the arising of desires for certain outcomes and results not a good thing, or if I misinterpreted that? So uh, two pieces about this. One is that um, um, the des- the, the des- there's, there is a form of desire that is wholesome, that is... Um, um, moving in the direction of that kind of deeper well-being. And so not all desires are, um, are a problem. And in fact, cert- I mean, a certain kind of desire is necessary to engage in practice. Um, the desire that's an issue is a desire that has a contracted energy to it that's connected with um, greed, that's connected with um, hmm. with, with uh, wanting something for self, usually something for self, could also be something for other. I mean, um, the whole, it is true that the whole of like science and, you know, all of the things that have been created based on um, um, motivation, intention, uh, some of those have served us well. Some of those have not served us well. <laughs> um, so, uh, the, the, and the orientation really of our practice is, is not so much about um, 
what can I accomplish in the world, but more about how can I be a person who engages in the world without these spins of greed and aversion um, interfering with my my actions. And so the, uh, you know, again, this question kind of comes to um, uh, kind of an understanding or perhaps a misunderstanding that the the motivation behind our doing anything um, would come from uh, a kind of that wanting something or wanting a particular result. And there is a kind of action that comes from compassion, from wisdom, from kindness. And if that is the motivation behind desire, generally, at least in my own experience, when my heart is resonating with the world with compassion, with, um, with wisdom, with kindness, there's not so much of a feeling of contraction. And there's more of a sense of responding to the world. There also isn't as much of a sense of needing a particular outcome. It's like, when there is suffering, the, the heart that's open and non-contracted resonates to the world and wants to alleviate that suffering. And yet there isn't a demand. There isn't a demand that it go away. And it's paradoxical. I mean, it's a kind of a paradoxical uh, thing that, you know, that, that demand is a kind of a contracted nature of our heart. And that contracted heart has its um, limitations on how it can proceed in the world. And so uh, action can come. And, and one thing um, uh, Saida says sometimes is wisdom also wants, wisdom wants the best thing for us. Um, and yet so often we do confuse uh, the wanting of a particular thing, uh, you know, wanting some kind of uh, result in the world, with um, you know, we d- we don't see uh, sometimes the the level of contraction in there, and often in our desires to act in the world, our desires to follow through on desire, have mixed motivations. They have both compassion and a desire for a result. Um, you know, a, a wanting things to turn out a certain way. And so we work with that. You know, we, we can't just say, oh, turn off the, the greed, thank you, or turn off the aversion. We, we actually need to open to, as we experience desires in the world, as we experience um, aversions and wants, that we, we open to, oh, there is compassion here, there is generosity here, and there's also this kind of contracted nature in the heart that is confused or wants things to be a certain way or can't see around any other outcome than this being the right outcome. And so the, the, to acknowledge that, to acknowledge that desire or aversion helps us to begin to see that that motivation isn't what ultimately serves us towards the the deepest kind of happiness. So, um, you know, the motivation here of the practice isn't about accomplishing things in the world. 
we can end up in a place where, based on our own, like, you know, there's so many different personalities in the world, so many different um, ways that beings respond to the world. And some beings that I've met uh, who have really purified their minds and let go of a lot of greed and aversion end up living in caves in Burma. And um, I visited some of those people. They're amazing. I mean, it's, it's, it's an amazing thing to sit in their presence and feel that purity. And that's not my path. My path is to be more engaged in the world, to, 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 um, to speak, to talk, to work with people, to explore how people can... Um, open their hearts and not have that contraction. Other people, you know, feel in, in, uh, inspired to um, act in um, very, very, um, you know, very, various causes, let's say, you know, engaged in the world in, um, you know, with an open heart around trying to uh, take care of or... or help the governments move towards solutions towards global warming, for instance. Some people, as they do this kind of purification work, that's what they're inspired to do. And so what, whatever, you know, it's, it, it's a mistake to think that this practice results in simply sitting around like a person in a cave. That's, for some people, that might happen. That for some people, that's, that's what feels like the most resonant thing for their life. And, the, and, you know, the way I see those kind of people is that they impact, they actually impact the world a lot, too. I mean, those, those people that I've met, everyone that comes to them goes away with something different. They go away with a different sense of the possibility. And so it, it ripples out in different ways from different people when we act with that perspective of non-greed, non-aversion, non-delusion. So I know this probably doesn't, you know, fully answer the question, but it's a, a kind of a, a territory for exploring. And the biggest exploration is when there is a desire, can you recognize that there is some of it that's got a really wholesome, connected wish and some of it that's got a contractedness to it? And to, to open to that paradox and to uh, recognize you know, the, that there is the existence of that contraction in that, the, in that desire. The very recognition of that begins to help the mind to understand how to act more from the wholesome and less from the contracted. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to check out on the walking meditation mm-hmm. because it was so different than what I'm used to doing. And uh, so I pretty much stuck to the uh, uh, am I awake? What is obvious? What's my relation to it? But uh, I noticed I didn't pay any attention to my walking. And so my walking speed would vary slow and medium. Sometimes I would just stand. I wouldn't, I'd never thought about walking. And uh, I went down uh, to that high school. They have a little art show there. And it was just every few seconds, am I awake, uh, looking at a tree, you know, uh, going down to the art show, looking at the painting, am I awake, cleaning is pleasurable, 
Um, and I guess what was really liberating for me was the feeling that I can go around my life and practice. Yes. So I'm just checking that. Yes. That's good. Yes. That is, that is one of the things I hope you take away from today. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. I mean, we, we have this idea sometimes with mindfulness that it means something in particular, some cultivating some particular activity. And very much what this particular practice encourages is waking up into your life. And so that's great. Yeah. And I hope that, I mean, the... Part of the exploration is around the relaxed sense of that. Yeah, right. So there was a sense of relaxation with right, that. Uh-huh. that right. Yeah. And thank you. Maybe one or two more uh, questions. You used the word contraction quite a bit this week. And I'm just, we just give, I mean, I know what the word contraction means, but you use it an awfully lot this week. So I'd like to know, you know, just anything else you might say about it. Just. What is this? Um, so for me, at least, and, and in talking to others, too, it seems as though when greed, aversion, or delusion is present in the mind, there is an experience of tightening, holding, tensing, um, often, at least for me, in the area of the heart. Sometimes feels like a squeezing, uh, kind of like a, you know, let's hold things still. <laughs> you know, so there's a there's a, a kind of a sense, of, and and that so that's kind of a shorthand for the um, the sense or the felt sense of the entire organism when greed, aversion, or delusion, or mostly greed or aversion. Actually, delusion can be like yeah. <laughs> may not be so aware there so um but with mostly with greed or aversion and and the obvious forms of greed or aversion will will often create that sense of contraction and so if there's a a sense of um um uh, a holding or yeah it's a grasping it's a that's that's a good you know the 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 buddha used clinging (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> craving and it, there's a visceral experience of that too That's a short yeah 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 and uh, anyone else yeah oh, when I really uh, get going and I'm aware quite a bit of the time um in these exercises, there's a certain intensity that's almost, it feels like it's too much, too intense. And I don't know if others have experienced that. So, that so an intensity of, can you describe a little of, more what you mean of by intensity? being aware of everything around. Um, and it, it gets a little uncomfortable. Okay. Yeah. Um, so... A couple pieces. I mean, it can be that when the, the, the mindfulness gets more continuous, we are aware of kind of like, hmm, there's a lot of stimulus coming in. And it can feel a little uncomfortable. Often, however, so there is a, there is a kind of a, a state in practice where that can happen. Um, often, however, what's going on is that there's a little bit more doing that's happening around trying to be aware 
than is necessary at that point. That may be a sign for you to let go of the trying so much. Ride the wave of the awareness at that point. It kind of almost like, how little effort do I need to be mindful right now? Yeah, I, I mean, I've, I've examined that part of it, and it doesn't seem to fit. It's some, something else. Um, it's almost like it's coming from some part of my mind that says, uh, this is too much. Okay, and so then that's a relationship to the experience. A sense of, okay, so here's, here's what's happening. There's, there's things happening. And there's a feeling of, ooh, too much. So notice the relationship of almost overwhelm. And see what happens if you just go, oh, yeah, okay, so there's, there's all of this stuff happening and the mind is a little bit uncomfortable with it. If it gets a lot uncomfortable, then you could try choosing something. Let, you know shrink down a little bit what you're paying attention to. Pick one thing for a little while and let the mind kind of get comfortable with one thing before you open up again. You know, sometimes it does happen. I mean, that um, it, it's, it's, it's almost as if, um, you know, what starts to happen is that we see there's so much going on in the present moment. And when, if there's any involvement whatsoever in the thinking that we are doing that, um, like I'm the one doing this noticing of all of these things, it can have an overwhelming kind of sense. And um, it's, it's kind of like, um, so j- yeah, just notice that there is that relationship of overwhelm uh, or Uncomfortable, I think, is another word you used. It, overwhelm is a pretty strong word. Um, if, it, if it's simply uncomfortable, it's like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff happening and there's discomfort around it. So just notice that. Um, and if it gets too much, you know, close it down a little bit. Um, the mind gets more and more used to being present for a lot of input. And, you know, it kind of begins to recognize, well, actually, this is already happening. This is, this is a process that the mind and body kind of naturally know how to do. You, know, you think of a baby. I just saw a baby the other day in, uh, in Chili's. I was having lunch at Chili's, and there was this baby in there. And it was so chaotic and so noisy in there. And this baby was just, like, looking around and... <laughs> You know, just like, wow. I mean, it's like curiosity in this baby. I mean, it was experiencing, I'm sure, a lot of, I mean, babies, when they get too much, they go to sleep, you know. This baby was not overwhelmed, and it was just receiving, receiving, receiving. So our minds, when we're just like in that state of curiosity, can just receive. Often that little bit of discomfort, that little bit of over, that the sense of overwhelm comes because there's a sense somehow of I or me in there. So you don't, I mean, you don't have to see it. Uh, but the, so the, the noticing of the discomfort itself will be a doorway for exploring that. And I have experienced things like that. So it's not, you're not unusual in that. <laughs> But this is, this is the pathway you know, to, to notice the discomfort. So let's do another sitting. <laughs>